Welcome to the Plant-Based Canada podcast. Join us as we talk with experts to explore the field of nutritional sciences and how our food choices impact our health and the environment. We sit down with Canadian doctors, dietitians, athletes, climate experts, and more to break down the evidence behind a whole food, plant-based diet and discuss the practical steps that you can take in your effort to shift toward a healthier lifestyle. Today's conversation is with entrepreneur, fitness coach, and vegan athlete, Lucky Sagoan. Lucky combines his experience and multifaceted background to help guide the fit vegan community, which helps people lose weight and build lean muscle on a plant-based diet. But most importantly, it teaches people how to transform and sustain their successful results for the long term through a focus on mindset and education. Lucky is also the host of the Fit Vegan Podcast, where he chats with other health professionals and fitness experts to share tips, tricks, and inspiration to help people thrive on a plant-based lifestyle. In this episode of the Plant-Based Canada podcast, Lucky and I discuss his long history as an athlete, from powerlifter to model to Ironman, his transition to a plant-based diet, and his journey to helping people lose weight and stay strong through his coaching plans. We also delve into common misconceptions around eating plant-based, the biggest challenges in making the shift, and what a day of eating and training looks like for Lucky. Lucky, it's great to have you on the podcast. We always start out with a little bit of background for our podcast, so... Our, our viewers, our listeners can get to know you a little better. So why don't you tell me how you grew up and what got you hooked on um, athletics and training and coaching? First, man. Well, first off, I want to say thank you very much for, for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here and really excited that I get to share whatever's in my brain with you guys. Um, so a little background. I want to say I, I don't come from the plant-based world. I was actually a farmer. Um, we had cows, chickens, geese, like we killed our own chicken every year for meat. Uh, we had fresh eggs in the morning. Like I come from the farmer world. Um, and then probably, I think when I was around 20 years old, yeah, around 20 years old, I got recruited to do high fashion modeling and I was a really big bodybuilder and powerlifter at the time, right? I weighed 240 pounds. Um, I was a big dude deadlifting cars. And they were like, well, you need to get skinnier so you can fit in the clothes. Right. And I was like, well, I don't know how to, how I'm going to do that. So I went on Google. I was like, what diet is going to allow me to get skinny and vegan showed up like vegans are skinny and weak. Well, I don't care if I, if I'm weak, I just need to be skinny so I can fit in those clothes so I can do photo shoots. And I went vegan the next day. So I substituted my breakfast of 12 eggs and a cup of oats for a bowl of uh, frozen blueberries, bananas, and dates. That was my first vegan breakfast. And then it's almost been eight years since then. I haven't looked back. I've been feeling so good. So it's kind of my, my, my little background of like how I went vegan, but in terms of, of athletics and sports, I've always been in sports. I played basketball for over uh, eight years, played high school, played college. Um, and then I became a bodybuilder and then powerlifter and then went into high fashion modeling, which was not necessarily for competing, but you needed it to be fit uh, to do the job. And then I did long distance cycling. So I biked from Vancouver to San Francisco, which was over 2000 kilometers and in 22 days and then fell in love with Ironman. So I'd, you know, done over 20 different triathlon competed in half, uh, some half Ironmans. And, uh, yeah, now, now we're just training to be fit. <laughs> There's no need to run or bike for long distances. Yeah. It's kind of brings me to today. Just training to be healthy, right? We have a different, different goal in mind now. Let me jump on that then. So, so all of this, you just, you just named a, a slew of things that you do athletically. Yeah. So you're a triathlete. So how does, um, how does, how does being plant-based play into that in terms of, of how you're eating and training and how it impacts your training? 
Yeah. So actually I stopped training for, for triathlon now. Um, it's been because once COVID, let me put it this way, um, over when COVID hit, um, I was caring for my, my late fiance who was going through breast cancer. And then it was a choice for me to make of like, I need to stop training so I can prioritize more time towards the treatment because she needed more, more of my attention for treatments. So I just stopped training for triathlon back then. And I haven't restarted um, just because right now I'm focusing on kind of her message and the business side of things and, and helping more people, but I'm still training five times a week, doing everything right now. We're just in, in a little prep to get leaner for the summer, but eating plant-based man, honestly, it's, it's been the best transition I could have made in terms of athletics because my recovery was so much better. And I genuinely got to eat so much more food in order to sustain what I was doing and in order to be fitter, right? Because if you think of plant-based foods, fruits and vegetables, they're really high volume, really rich in fiber and really low in calories. So before I was on the typical chicken, broccoli and rice diet, which is like, this is what you eat. You don't eat anything else outside of that, right? Maybe you get fancy with mustard and hot sauce, but that's pretty much it. Uh, but now going into the plant-based world, you have such a wide variety of food that you can eat and you can get eat so much more of it um, that it just, it's just been a game changer. I want to go back um, to your uh, beginning. You said that uh, you were a farmer, you worked on a farm, but uh, when you made the change, when you made the switch, it was uh, kind of a necessity to, to, to shed pounds so you could do the modeling thing. When you made the change and kept with it, what were some of the sources, resources that you, that you found useful or some of, maybe some of the things that you learned when you were researching this diet that, that you know, shocked you or, or made you uh, stay on the path? Yeah, of course. That's a great question. Um, the first thing is I didn't do any research when I first went vegan. I was just like, okay, no more animal products. If there's no animal products and fruit. I'm just going to eat massive bowls of fruits and vegetables all the time. And I actually got really weak at first because I was under eating because it's so rich in, in fiber and nutrient. My nutrient receptor is like, hey, you're getting a lot of food. But I was under eating for all the exercise I was doing. So then I started being like, okay, I need to do a bit more research if I want to stick with this. And honestly, Google was one of the best things. And uh, Forks Over Knife was the first documentary that I watched. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, this is really powerful. There's actually a lot of other benefits besides like me just wanting to be skinny. And I had just lost my uh, my grandfather to cancer at the time. And when they touched on on cancer and how plant based eating would would help with that, I was like, wow, this is everyone needs to go vegan. Right. Like, There's no reason to eat animal products if everyone's going to have cancer because they're eating animal products. And so Forks Over Knife was a big one. And honestly, just buying books like uh, The China Study, uh, 801010, Starch Solution, um, and just reading as much as possible as to all the different ways to approach plant-based eating. Right? And I experimented with everything. I did raw till four, I did raw vegan, starch solution, 801010. Like <laughs> I tried all of it. And so now you're a health coach. You're the founder of uh, Fit Vegan. Was it was it when you learned all this stuff that you just mentioned? Was that the thing that really motivated you to want to start teaching people and 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 educating them on a plant based diet, or uh, had you already been in, in that in that field and then kind of just switched your your method? No, I waited over almost seven years before I started coaching people because I knew that I needed to acquire more knowledge, more experience, get coached by more people. I'm not a big fan of just being like, I read one book. Let me help you with all of this because there's so many variables to someone's health and when they want to transform. So I really wanted to make sure that I acquired the necessary experience in nutrition and in fitness and in transformation with myself and other people around me before I actually went out and 
you know, I've done it to the extent that I have now. I have to say, I, I appreciate that. Cause a lot of people, you know, they, they jump on like a fad diet or something that like you just mentioned, they read one book, or maybe there was a headline of an article to a study that maybe they didn't even read and it activates something to them and in, in, in their brain. And then they want to jump on this, this bandwagon and kind of teach it, even though they, they don't know the full breadth of the data. So it's cool that you took the time years to actually, you know, get what you needed under your belt before you started. You became yourself a good resource for them. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk more about um, the health coach aspect of it. So you, so let's say you have someone contact you who's not necessarily vegan or plant-based, but they want to give it a shot. Do you find that it's, it's an uphill battle sometimes? So what are the, some, some of the biggest obstacles that you face when you're, when you're, uh, when, when they're making the transition? Yeah, honestly, there's not a lot. And to be upfront, that's the only way to work with me is people have to go vegan. I don't work with people that are not vegan or not willing to go vegan. Um, but I, I would say about like 60% of my members weren't vegan before joining. And they joined because of how easy I make the transition. Because when you go plant-based, I was my number one struggle. was like, what do I eat? Like, what? What's plant-based, right? Like your brain just goes blank. You just cut out four food groups and your brain goes blank because you can't eat anything else. So, you know, by providing them the recipes and the exact portions and combination that I need them to, to eat to like hit their, their fitness goal that they have upon joining the program, then it's like, oh, well, I just need to eat this. And then over time, they're like, oh, I always see these types of food together. I always see like all this, like this is what I normally have for a snack. And then they have access to bank of recipes, which allows them to get a bit more creative with the food that they're eating. So I'm giving them the recipes, but they're noticing patterns and they're like, oh, this is how I make my meals. And then they start to get curious and they start making their own meals. Um, so I find the transition goes really smooth because of that. The only hiccup for the majority of, I'd say the majority of people, but when you transition to a plant-based diet is there's more fiber and your gut needs to get used to it, right? Your gut microbiome like needs to switch over to like eating healthy foods and eating more plant-based rich foods. So it's about like a one to two week transition phase for the majority of people, but they just need to stick with it because their gut is being like, everything's being switched over to like, Hey, you're healthy now. Let's get used to this. But besides that, everything else is pretty smooth. So you mentioned the fiber just now. Uh, one of the things that attracted me to, to you and, and wanting to do a podcast with you is you tackle a lot of misinformation or I guess, uh, nutrition myths out there when it comes to plant-based eating. I, I come from broadcast news. And so misinformation is a big, you know, big thing that I fight on a daily basis. Um, yeah. but as you know, there's a huge amount of misinformation when it comes to plant-based diet and it's still a relatively, I mean, there's research going back forever, but there's, it's still a relatively new thing in terms of like the broader scope of people accepting it. So, you know, you still have people talk about protein or vegans or weak or whatever, you'll be deficient in whatever nutrient, what are some of the, the things that you hear most and how do you approach it? Uh, what's your, what's your method for approaching these type of things? So many. So one of them is people are, the misconception is people are eating way too much protein, right? Like they're actually eating too much protein. They don't need as much and they're under, under eating on their carbs. Everyone's carbophobic. And I don't know what's the opposite of carbophobic, but they're proteinaholic. I'll just put it this way. Right? <laughs> they go over on the protein and under on the carbs I and mean, it should be the opposite, you know? Um, so how I approach it, I just explained to them, Hey, like carbohydrate, if we just attach this point, like carbohydrates are protein sparing. So if you're under eating on your carbohydrates and your body needs extra glycogen, extra energy, and there's not enough carbs from the food that you're eating, your body is going to go and grab it from protein, convert your protein to glycogen and use it as a storage, as energy. 
It's not the best form of energy and it's a really hard process for your body to go through. So why not eat enough carbs so your body doesn't have to dip into your protein and therefore you don't need as much protein, right? To reach your goal, right? I always tell people around, like if you're not active, 0.8 gram per kg of body weight. If you're active, again, depending to what extent you are, like 1.2 to 1.5 grams per kg of body weight. People always go for gram of body weight. People assume that they're just like their whole weight is 100% muscle. Like it's not, <laughs> there's bones, there's water, there's fat in there. You don't need as so much protein. Yeah, the protein ones, it's always such an interesting one to me, especially when you just look at most foods, natural foods, the, the protein is not, you know, not an extravagant amount of protein. So I don't know why people think they need to focus on that one. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, two questions ago, you mentioned fiber and fiber yes. being a, you know, a small bump in the road when, when people are transitioning, you've talked a lot about it on your social media, I've noticed and gut health specifically, mm -hmm. maybe expand more on that. Tell me why fiber, you know, that's, it's kind of like a missing nutrient. Now, so few people get the amount of fiber uh, in Canada and, and the States uh, they're, they're focusing on the protein. Like we just talked about. So why is fiber specifically uh, so important and, and what makes it healthy? For multiple reasons. One of them, it helps to build your gut microbiome. If there is fiber, it comes from a plant that has different vitamins and nutrients and different bacteria. It's going to help build your gut microbiome. Um, sec, obviously great for digestion. Most people are constipated and it's not because they're eating too much fiber. It's because they're under eating on their fiber intake. And second, from a satiety point of view, fiber is amazing. If you're eating a whole bag of Doritos, which is like over 2000 calories, you can probably eat another whole bag of Doritos after because there's absolutely no fiber. But if you throw in, if you're trying to eat the same amount of calories from fruits and vegetables, like there's no way you're going to eat 2000 calories of fruits and vegetables while sitting down and watching TV. Right. So in terms of satiety, it's very important to tell your body, okay, like, we've had enough food, we need to stop and it'll prevent you from overeating. The overeating part is huge. Right. So it's very important to obviously your gut is your second brain. You need to take care of it. You need to eat foods that have fiber in them in order to make that happen. Presenting all of the facts to people, um, going over all of the stuff that you've read, the studies you've looked at and laying it out, you know, here, here's the, here's the data. There's plenty of it. That that's one, that's great. That's one way to approach it. But for most people, you know, I find they don't really care. They just want something yeah. that's easy. And if you look at, uh, the standard American diet, it's, 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 it's not the healthiest, but it's also kind of based around, you know, just habitual eating and things like that mm -hmm. and making fast food convenient. Tell me about the mindset. And I guess the perspective you have to help people train the physicality of it. You have to help them with their nutrition, but there's a huge other, there's a other component that's, that's huge that has to do with shifting that mindset. Somebody could be 30 plus years old and they've been living and eating a certain way for that long. So that must be kind of a difficult thing to get over to, to, to shift. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're diving into my world now. Um, I'm huge on mindset with all my members, anyone that works with me, I am upfront with them. I'm like, you're not going to fail or succeed in your transformation because of the training and nutrition. If you're going to fail or succeed is because of what's in between your two years. That's all it comes down to. Training is easy. You grab the weight, you pick it up, you put it back down, you do it over again. Nutrition is easy. You put the food in your mouth at the right time in the right quantity and you chew it. That's pretty much it. But your ability to put the right types of food and to lift the weights when it's time to lift the weights, it comes down to mindset, right? So I, I always like to, I always, I spend 90% of my time with all my members on mindset because that's what's going to make or break the difference. And just understanding like, hey, what you've been doing hasn't been serving you. Right. So if you continue down this path, let's just explore it, how you've been living, where you're going to be in six months and a year from now. 
Is that what you, is that where you want to be? No, then what needs to change, right? One of the big things I tell all my members is who you are at this moment of our conversation is perfect. It brought you to this point in your life, which is amazing, right? The good and the bad, it's still amazing. But where you want to stand in the future in this position of success that you have, that you're whatever, 30 pounds lighter, that you're plant-based, you have energy, you have an amazing relationship with your partner, you have time to play with your kids. Who you are now cannot sustain that and stand in that position. So who do you need to become to stand in this position and be able to maintain it, right? There's obviously new habits that need to be built. There's knowledge that needs to be acquired. There's people that you need to interact with, people that you need to bring into your life to make that happen. And the best one, the best examples of that is broke people that win the lottery. They, their, their old habits make them burn through all that cash. And then they're back to being broke. But if you give a rich person money, he'll build more out of it. What's the difference? Who they are as a person and their habits are very different. The rich person is able to stand in that position. The poor person isn't able to stand in the position of a rich man. Same thing. An unhealthy person cannot stand in the position of a healthy person because they don't have the habit and the mindset yet to sustain that. So that's what we spend a lot of time on is who do you need to become and what needs to shift for you to stand in that position? So I have a question that kind of piggybacks onto that. So speaking specifically about plant-based diets or any dietary shift, if you have people that kind of want to go cold Turkey versus mm -hmm. doing it gradually, what, I guess, in your experience helping these people, what has been the more effective way? I mean, you talk about like looking at things, taking a step back and looking at the broader picture, uh, thinking long-term in terms of, uh, what you've come across, is it better to jump in cold Turkey or, uh, is it more sustainable to kind of, you know, take the small steps. So I have two answers for you on that. One of them is if you are able, so this cold Turkey, uh, cold Turkey is great. If you have guidance, because then that person is going to prevent you from making stupid mistakes. that are going to cost you money and time, right? If you come to me, I'll tell you what food to eat. I'll make the transition easy for you. You don't have to think about anything, right? You can go cold Turkey then. Cause I've done it with over a hundred people. But if you're on your own and you are discovering, okay, what do I replace eggs with? Okay, what do I replace cheese with? How do I combine some of this food? If I put this together, is it going to taste terrible or is it going to taste good? Then you're on your own trying to discover all these recipes, which is fine because that's what I did. That's what a lot of people do when they transition, right? So that's definitely a way. Ease into it and learn what substitutions, what meals you can create. And over time, you can be plant-based. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to go cold turkey, I highly recommend that you bring someone on to just prevent you from making like all these mistakes that I'm, I've done and I'm sure you've done when you first started. We all made stupid mistakes when we first went plant-based, right? <laughs> so both ways are great. It just depends as to at what speed do you want to be fully plant-based. Yeah. And, and, and go back to the beginning. You said um, when you first made that transition, right, you did it because you had to, you had to lose weight. So, so was your original venture into plant-based eating, was it cold turkey? It was like the next day. Like yeah. I, I was generally eating a dozen eggs for breakfast and then yeah. the next morning I was vegan. And, and did you find it harder or was it kind of like you, you made the transition and then you lost the weight and then you dipped back into the way you were eating or did you just stay cold? It just worked for you. Well, I had 80 pounds to lose to fit in those clothes. So it took me a year. Um, oh, that's so right. You I was a, you were a power lifter, right? That's a, yeah, that's a was, lot of weight. I a, okay. I was a big guy. Yeah. I was like, are, do you work in pounds or kgs? Uh, funny story. I'm, I'm American, but I'm living in Canada. So I, I go both ways. 
Okay. So I, I was, I was deadlifting 550 pounds and I weighed 240 pounds. That's I went down to 160 pounds when I worked in Milan in Italy, like 160 pounds. So I, I had, I had to do it for a long time to get that skinny to fit in the clothes. So after a year at that point, I had learned so much as to how to eat. And I felt so great. There were so many like changes in my body. Like my nose was unblocked. I had clearer thoughts. My digestion was better. And I was like, well, there's no reason for me to go back. I, I feel so good. And then, so I just stayed and it's been almost eight years now. Let's talk more about uh, the, the people that you help. So you've got people across the board, right? You've got people that come to you that want to lose weight. You have people that come to you that uh, want to get a little health, healthier, people that want to gain muscle. If you're um, starting with, let's start with someone who wants to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I, 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 I assume that's what uh, majority, yeah. what you have most of the case in most cases. Um, what are some of the, the key points that you uh, help people focus on before uh, jumping into it? Mindset, <laughs> because if we don't get that right, you won't stick with whatever I give you. <laughs> it's going to be the first thing, building a training plan. That's going to be sustainable for the person's lifestyle right? Because realistically, if I get a young guy that can work out five times a week, then he has five times a week to work out. But you know, I get moms that have three kids work a full time job, they can't work out five days a week, right? They're not getting paid to work out, they have to be a mom, they have to go work and make some money. So always build a plan that's going to work to their lifestyle so they can stick with it and be consistent because consistency is more important than overdoing it. Um, and then the third is just building a nutrition plan that's going to help suit them and their current lifestyle as well. Because again, if they're cooking for the whole family and the husband eats something different compared to a bachelor that's living alone, um, I like I like to adjust everything to everyone's lifestyle. But definitely mindset first, training that you can stick with, and then nutrition, and then falling in the realm of nutrition. I always like to aim for that 1.2 to 1.5 grams of protein per kg of body weight, because it is important when you're going in a calorie deficit, we want to retain as much lean muscle mass as possible and ideally build some. And we do need around that amount of protein to, to make that happen. Make sure we keep the carbohydrates as high as possible. So because it is protein sparing, so we can get the most out of our protein and eat, making sure we're eating quality foods and focusing on our digestion. Because you can buy the most expensive organic food that you want. If your digestion is terrible, you're not absorbing any of it or really little of it. It's a big waste of money, right? So that's why we have three phases that we put everyone through. First one is digestive stabilization. Phase two is liver and kidney support. Phase three is detoxification. If your body's not clean, it's not going to function properly. So we just make sure we clean it out throughout the process. On the other side of the spectrum, um, mm-hmm. you've got people who are, you know, um, Build, uh, building muscle and things like that. Uh, they, I, I'm not in that world, but I know, you know, you've got your bulking stages and your, and your cutting stages. I've seen you post about it and talk about it. What's that? If somebody is an outsider like me looking into it and, you know, their, their only point of reference is pumping iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, yeah. uh, what is a, what is in my mind? It's just like, it's mostly uh, uh, meat products and animal products and, and a ton of protein focused on protein. And I imagine you still have to, you know, stay really relatively focused on protein on a plant-based diet, but in terms of what you're eating on a daily basis, it's not going to be meat. So what is, what does plant-based diet look like when you're helping somebody on that side of the spectrum? who's cutting or bulking and cutting. Yeah. Similar types of food, right? Just focusing. I I only focus on whole food plant-based. I don't do like fake meat or anything like that. Still focusing on whole foods. We don't need as much protein actually when we're bulking because we are going to be in a caloric surplus. Um, So they eat similar types of food. They just in bigger quantities, right? Maybe a little bit more cooked foods because 
if you're focusing on low calorie foods and you have to eat, for example, 3000 calories a day, then it's overwhelming to eat that amount of food. So we focus a little bit on like cooked foods, avocados, nuts, and seed because they're a bit richer in calories. Um, protein, you can go for like one to 1.2 grams per kg of body weight because you have so much carbohydrate and you are in that caloric surplus that your body won't be in a state to burn through muscle. It'll be in a state of building. Um, you want to be in a slight calorie surplus because you don't want to get fat <laughs> out of your bulk. You want to do a lean bulk. It's very important. And then lifting weights, right? Any form of resistance training is going to help enhance um, lean, lean muscle mass, but it's very important to not overdo it. You need to recover. You don't grow when you're training. You, you recover when you're, you, rec you grow when you're recovering. Right. And most people forget that they're training like seven days a week, lifting weights. And like, when, when are you going to grow? <laughs> you're, you're taxing your body every single day. Right? So those are kind of the guidelines to focus on. And you're helping people, you know, every day you're, you're in the gym also for yourself, you know, you, you, you yourself, you're an athlete and you, you're working out every day. You're helping, you're showing people, you know, how to do it, how to do these exercises. What's training look like for you, I guess, on a daily basis, what do you focus on most of all? And what are some of your um, go-to foods that fuel you? Um, so currently I'm on a five day training split for strength training. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I've been going through this fatigue and cutting series. I'm 17 weeks into it. I have two more weeks of cutting and then we're reverse dieting where it's basically where we speed up my metabolism and re-increase the food back up to my maintenance calories. So how much I need to eat to sustain my weight. Um, so right now, five day training split, just putting a little bit of an emphasis on retaining as much lean muscle mass as possible and building a little bit because I am lower on my calories right now. Uh, and about like a I think I'm at 105 minutes of cardio right now, right? Everything is really fine tuned at this point because I'm getting into the lower digits of, of body fat percentage. Uh, and in terms of staples for nutrition, oatmeal, berries, banana, there's an amazing, I'm in Tulum right now. So there's amazing, like vegan pancake mix that you just add almond milk to it some protein powder and it tastes so good. So I definitely have those pancakes pretty much every single day. And then um, like a Buddha bowl, like honestly, I have some, some broccoli, some onions, some sauteed mushrooms with some tofu in there. Uh, haven't really found tempeh in Mexico. This hasn't happened yet, but you know, having some tofu with some quinoa, some rice, some sweet potato fries. Um, yeah. Just honestly focusing on whole foods. There's, there's like, those are kind of the staples that, I can recognize from back home in Canada, but I'm, I'm, I'm open to exploring. Like we had vegan tacos the other day with some, uh, refried, refried beans and different things. So right now I'm on the exploring stage, but the staples are for sure oatmeal, fruits and broccoli, some Buddha bowls. Um, I try to keep it simple. I'm not a master chef. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a guy <laughs> living alone in Mexico. So I keep it simple. <laughs> Well, I mean, even if it's simple, like it's, it's, uh, it sounded good to me. It's dinner. It's around dinner time here. So you've made me hungry. Um, before I let you go, I wanted to ask, uh, and I'm sure mindset's going to be at the top of the list here, but, uh, what are some of the top tips? If, if somebody who's listening to the podcast today, you know, was, was, uh, influenced by what you said, maybe want to give a plant-based diet a, a shot. What are some of the tips you could give them some basic ones or even baby steps that, that might help them get started? Yeah. Well, one of them is obviously make a decision as if you want to do the transition slowly or bring in someone to help you take care of it. Um, second, if you decide to do it slowly, one of the things I recommend to some people is just start with one week, have all your breakfast vegan and the rest of the day, keep it the same. The second week, keep your breakfast vegan, but have your first snack be vegan now. 
And then the third week, switch your lunch to a vegan lunch. And over the course of four or five weeks, depending on how many meals you eat per day, then the whole thing is vegan. And that way it gives you time for your gut to adjust. It gives you time to discover new recipes and alternatives that you can use for certain um, animal-based ingredients. Um, and that way it makes your transition a, a little bit smoother that way if you take it one meal at a time. Because if you just jump without guidance, you're just like, okay, I have like four or five meals to eat today. What am I going to eat? All right. And it can be very confusing and overwhelming. So it's, it's better to just switch it one meal at a time and um, commit to it. That's the other thing. Right. And learn to read nutritional labels. We, I'm we still, I, I still do that sometimes. I just, I'm such in a vegan world that I grab stuff like bread, for example. Oh my God, it's vegan. And I get home from the grocery store. I'm like, there's dairy in it. I can't have it. I have to return it. So just read nutritional labels and you'll start to be very scared as to what's in your food. Right? That's, that's a big thing. Um, but yeah, ideally buy something without the nutritional label, then you know it's safe, right? An apple doesn't have a nutritional label or a banana. Look, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Um, one of the things I admire about your social media is you keep things simple, easy to understand, and uh, you're a great resource. And I, you know, through this podcast, you've done the same thing. Like you've, you, all of your answers have been clear. Everything is understandable, and it, I feel like you make it real easy for people to to jump into this. So thank you for your time, and, uh, and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, man. I appreciate the kind words, and thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. This podcast featured royalty-free music from bensound.com. A very special thanks to our guests for speaking with us and sharing their insights. And of course, thank you for listening. The Plant-Based Canada podcast is an initiative of the group Plant-Based Canada, which aims to educate the public and health professionals on the evidence-based benefits of plant-based whole food nutrition for individual and planetary health. To learn more about the show, visit our website, www.plantbasedcanada.org, and stay up to date by following us on Instagram and Facebook at plantbasedcanada.org and our Plant-Based Canada YouTube channel. Also, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts.